The Holy Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said to the disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we are quickly approaching the end of the Easter season. Uh, next weekend is the seventh and final Sunday in Easter. Um, the following weekend is Pentecost. That weekend of Pentecost this year is also Memorial Day, which means we're transitioning to the summer months, and that means we're coming also to the end of the program year. And that got me thinking about the start of our program this year. And you may recall when we gathered in the fall, um, we spent a few weeks focusing on the three, what some have called the three main priorities of the church, uh, which are, if you may remember, to worship, to serve the poor, and anyone remember what the third one is? You can all sympathize now with our high school and college students facing their finals. They're like, what are we talking about? Uh, worship, serve the poor, and evangelize. And both because of a, it makes a nice bookend from the start of the program year to now, and also because of that reading from Acts, which Kainalu ran, read so beautifully for us, which is a sort of, it's been called a master class on evangelism. I want to draw our attention to that reading and talk a little bit about um, how we go about uh, being evangelists today based on uh, this encounter that Paul has in Athens, in a place called the Areopagus. Has anyone been to Athens? Um, and so you may have likely seen the Parthenon, yeah, if you've been there, the sort of iconic temple. The Areopagus is just a two-minute walk from there. So I'm going to lift up uh, four lessons. And this is, by the way, again, this has been called, this is the longest speech. Of, it's one of two speeches where Paul is addressing only Gentiles. It's the longest of them. It's a hugely important moment in the New Testament as Paul is sharing the Christian faith. Um, and I want to lift up four things from this. For us. Um, and I, I will lift up a couple of verses. This is on page 1010 if you want to follow along. You don't have to. And the first has to do with how Paul finds him there in Athens. And I'm not going to rehearse all of the travels that have happened up to this point, other than to say in chapter 17, verse 14, this is before, just before the reading for today, we read this. Then the believers immediately, so Paul's traveling with some others, immediately sent Paul away to the coast, but Silas and Timothy remained behind. 
Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving instructions to have Silas and Timothy join him as soon as possible, they left him. And then this verse, verse 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, and it would seem, or it's unclear anyway, it's not clear whether this was like a, a place they were actually planning to go to on the itinerary, but it is obvious that they've sent Paul there, and all he's doing is waiting. He doesn't really have anything else to do, and yet here he proclaims or has this most important conversation with Gentiles. So the first point I want to make as it relates to evangelism, you know, Paul's just there waiting. God is going to use him anyway. And the first point is God can and will use you in your lives where you are. You do not have to put on your missionary clothes. You don't have to pack your missionary bag and go halfway around the world to be an evangelist. God wants to use you where you are. Does that make sense? Okay, first simple point. Um, The second and third points are related. The the second is that very quickly, Paul establishes something he has in common with his listeners. The first verse for today's reading is verse 22. Then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. I am too. We have that in common. And if you look at verse 28, he actually quotes there in verse 28, you'll notice there are two phrases in, in quotation marks. In him we live and move and have our being, and we too are his offspring. Those are actually by Greek ph- philosophers from the sixth and third centuries, Epimenides and Aratus. So he's saying, you're religious, I'm religious, I know something about you and your philosophers, we have that in common. Okay, so that's the second point. The third point though, is, you know, if we're gonna evangelize people, it's not just a question of saying, hey, we're exactly like one another. We don't have anything that's different, right? If, if it's going to be good news, uh, the evangel, that's what evangel means, good news, there has to be something new about it, something strange, something unsettling, something um, that, that changes people. So the third point is that Paul also, having established something in common with his listeners, also says, you got something wrong too. And I want to tell you about that. So again, imagine those of you who have been there can picture this. You're there on the Temple Mount looking literally uh, within a stone's throw of the Parthenon at the Areopagus. And Paul says in verse 24, this is, the, this is point three. This is different. Here he's challenging his listeners. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands. Now we might skim over that in 2023, but what Paul is saying is your entire way of thinking is wrong. God doesn't live there in the Parthenon with that big statue of Athena, right? The the God of heaven and earth lives somewhere else. Now, I want to pause here and relate this to our lives today, these points two and points three. You might say, well, Tim, this was a long time ago. Uh, It's a different world today. We don't, you know, people don't bow down in front of idols. Fair enough. I do think we actually still bow down in different, in front of different kinds of idols. So the first point about making connections, and I just, I'm lifting up one example here. We could talk about thousands of ways we could make connections with the world around us. But the one I will lift up here is saying, as Christians, I think we can say with anyone who is interested in listening, that we share with them an interest in living lives of meaning and significance and purpose. Right? Would you agree with that? So that's, again, that's one among many points of of commonality. 
that we share with people. Now, point three, where would we challenge the world? And this is not how, only challenging other people, this can be challenging our own thinking too. Uh, would be back to this point of idols. How do we live lives of meaning, significance, and purpose? Well, the world around us is very good at convincing us that we should bow down to these, these are the traditional four idols. Um, power, pleasure, honor, and wealth. The world says, if you just chase those things, power, pleasure, honor, and wealth, then you will live lives of significance and meaning and purpose. Now friends, do not go home and post on Facebook. I was at church this morning and my pastor said, power, pleasure, honor, and wealth are bad. That is not what I'm saying. Can I get an amen? I've said this before, repetition is good. They are good servants, they are bad masters. When we bow down to power, pleasure, honor, and wealth, they do not satisfy us, they do not allow us to live lives of meaning, significance, and purpose, okay? So that's just one way with people around us we can say, look, we have this in common, we wanna live lives of meaning and significance, um, this is probably not how to do that. Better to bow down to the God who made you, the God who loves you, the God who redeemed you. Make sense? Amen? Amen. All right. Final point, and this is uh, in the verses I'm going to lift up that come right after the reading for today. But the fourth point is don't worry about whether you're successful as an evangelist, okay? Not your problem. God doesn't ask us to be successful, God asks us to be faithful. And being evangelist is not optional for Christians. And I want to draw your attention here to the final verses of chapter 17, verse, beginning with verse 32. Paul, again, has had this long conversation with people. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some scoffed, or in other translations, sneered, laughed in contempt, mocked, ridiculed. They didn't think he, he had anything important to say. Some scoffed, so they're out. Others said, we'll hear you again about this which is a way of them saying politely, I'll have my people get in touch with your people. <laughs> I don't think Paul can expect to hear back from them, okay? And then it says this, but some of them joined him and became believers, including, and then it just names two, Dionysius the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris. Now, if you had talked to Paul that day, said, hey Paul, how was your day? Were you successful? What do you think he would have said? Not so much, I talked to a lot of people. Most of them laughed at me. Some were polite, but it's clear they're out, but I converted, let's call it two people, maybe a few more. And yet, two millennia later, we lift this up as a pivotal moment in the life of the church when those two individuals among the handful of others that Paul is starting to convert begin spreading throughout the world. And, and, and converting the world to Christianity, right? And the point I'm saying today is we're not asked again to be successful, we're asked to be faithful. We are called to evangelize and we're asked to let things fall where, where they will fall. And leave that in God's hands. Don't worry about it yourself, simply do the work and you never know. Some people might laugh at you, some people might sneer at you, some people may say, I'll have my people get in touch with you. But, through your evangelistic efforts, you may just change the lives of a handful of people. And through them, you may change the world. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Loving God, we thank you for 
the gift of this Easter season, when we continue to be reminded of the power of the resurrection. Help us not to keep that power to ourselves, but to share it with the world in need. And all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus.